Welcome everyone to another episode of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Marianne Pack, spiritual medium, best-selling author, publisher, and joy advocate, my favorite, guiding you into all things life transformational. And this is the Unmuted Voices series. We're talking about how we come into the world so purely and ready to share the life of who we are, the expression in life, and our little voices just get covered over with indoctrination and beliefs that are not true for who we really are. And so in coming through the other side, the the people that are on this podcast are telling the stories of how they found and unmuted their voice. And it's not always a physical voice necessarily. It could be however you express life. So I am so thrilled to have my guest. Lindsay Linton is with me today. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I am so glad you are here because um, we're going to have a great show talking all about how you unmuted your voice. Yep. So um, we're going to jump right in. So when did you find that it wasn't safe or maybe just wasn't um, a good way to live by uh, and, and muting your voice. How did you find yourself in that? How did you how did you come about believing that you had to mute your voice? It wasn't really safe to be little Lindsay. <laughs> um, so for me, I I grew up in Frederick in a small town called Yellow Springs um, or small community. And I was one, and I'm one of three sisters. I have um, a younger sister who's four years younger than me, but I also have a twin sister. So obviously growing up as a twin was a little bit different than how everybody else may grow up. And, you know, when I was younger, I, I was really shy in school and I don't totally blame that on being a twin. I had some other factors in the way too. Um, and in my childhood, um, I, my biological father was actually really physically abusive, mentally abusive. So that was a tough thing to live through. And obviously I would bring that with me to school. And, you know, I was blessed to have a wonderful mom who was loving and, you know, helped me through it, but um, it was really tough to go through. And, and on top of that, being a twin, you know, um, growing up was just slightly different. Um, as you can imagine, twins, share everything um they you know i remember growing up um my on my grandmother's side and my mom's side um we would you know go to her house for christmas and we had a fairly big family and all the kids would be sitting in the middle we'd be so excited to open our presents and she would say you know she would go youngest to oldest oldest to youngest and when she would say let's do youngest to oldest i would get so excited because i'm just a minute younger than my twin sister. So I'd be like, yes. And I would kind of give her this smirk, like I get to see what we're getting first because with twins, we would get the same present. It would be like the same sweaters, two different colors um, or a different word, or we'd both get Barbie dolls. Um, so I was just so excited. I was like, I get to see what we're getting first. This is so cool. And, you know, and she would still act excited. And if it was the other way around, I would too. Um, and it's not a bad thing. It's just, how it is twins just always got treated that way where you were just sort of one in the same and you know in our community where we lived there was just we were one of three sets of twins in our graduating class so it's just 
twins were just not a thing. And, and especially, you know, at that time, you know, when I was in school, people were just so fascinated by twins. They just thought it was the coolest thing. And, you know, which made, you know, making friends not super hard because, you know, everybody just was drawn to us. Um, but in that sense, because twins, you know, and the way we were, we were kind of a package deal or seen that way. Um, I obviously didn't really feel like I was my own person. And, um, you know, throughout the years kind of took some time to really develop that. And there's really no, you know, guide or rule book to being a twin. You can Google things, but nobody tells you, hey, this is the point in your life where you're supposed to kind of become your own person. Um, you're just kind of doing your thing. And, you know, I was kind of blessed that my mom was really big on just us being our own people. She was all about us trying to find what we wanted to do and interests. And she pushed us each to try different things to figure out what we like to do. Of course, we had common interests. We both played softball and were, you know, really enjoyed playing that. But as we got older, I discovered I really liked art. Uh, my twin sister really liked music and she played the saxophone and did the marching band. Um, in college, I was in dodgeball club. Um, we just kind of went separate ways. And and really college is where that started. We started to just find our own way and, and it was a little uncomfortable. It was different for me because I was so used to being attached to the hip for her. But um, that's really kind of, you know, being a twin really, it's different and it's a life changing experience. And um, anybody that's a twin out there is probably going through it too. And, and it's, you still go through it and, um, and it'll forever be something that we work through together. So. Right. Yeah. That's interesting because my older sisters that are two and a half years older than me are identical twins. So yeah. I understand what you're saying. It's presents are the same and you know, you're kind of just, this is like one entity, but it's really two people yeah. Well, they really didn't get to shine their own life expression. It was always Judy and Janet. You know, yeah. it was it was almost like one word. Yeah, it was. We got the Linton twins, the twins, you know. Um, and if you look at even celebrities, look at the Olsen twins. You know, mm -hmm. how often do you see something about just Mary Kate or just Ashley? You know, most times you Google and you see the Olsen twins. Um, and I'm sure they've been dealing with that their whole life too. Um, it's a tough thing. It's really hard. Um, and it wasn't until recently, like I would say within the last five years that I've really started to like get comfortable with just being me. And, um, and it was really tough, you know, I like, especially with work, um, work was kind of the hardest thing because obviously we have two different careers she works in accounting i'm in marketing and you know i would go to work and go to these work events and i would feel uncomfortable because i felt like unless i had her there it was i was half there it wasn't wholly me and i would come home just in tears so upset because i felt just like a loser i felt like i didn't fit in i felt like just kind of not me and uncomfortable and it just it took me until recently to really kind of just own myself and say, you know, this is, this is me. This is how I am. I like different things than my sister. And I'm just going to kind of be proud of that and just live through, live through it and live by it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what were some of those, I call them indoctrinated beliefs because they're 
they're sometimes subtle messages or sometimes they're a blatant, this is the way we're going to do it. Uh, you know, from our religion, for me, it was more that. Um, it could have been um, just family. We only do it this way or this is how you're treated because you're a twin. Um, or, you know, if it's cultural, societal, how did how did these beliefs about who you were almost not an individual that that you took on yourself and, um, you know, it made you pay, play small and mute your voice. What were some of those beliefs that you took on that that um, continued to make you mute your voice through the years? Well, you know, I mean, it's it's mainly society that, you know, everybody just thinks twins are a package deal. And, you know, if one twin wants to do something, the other must too. And, you know, it was tough to grow up like that because, you know, we each like different things. So um, we really had to kind of push ourselves a little bit. And like I said, my mom was a big advocate and making sure, I mean, she made sure we didn't take the same classes with the same teachers. Um, you know, I'm sure they probably could have done that, but um, we really tried to do our separate things. But at the end of the day, it's still, you know, we were together. So, um, and I would say too, my childhood, it didn't bother me as much because you're just kind of, I mean, you're little, you're still figuring things out and you're just a kid. Um, and in a way, being a twin was almost a crutch for me because I didn't have to really try to make my own friends because I already had one. Um, and we also attracted so many people to us because of how fascinated people were by twins, um, became friends with other sets of twins, like the ones that we graduated with. And um, it just was so easy. And when I got older, it was just a slap in the face because you're in the real world and you're not going to be going everywhere together and you're not going to be, you know, doing everything together your whole life. And at some point you have to realize that we're going to have to split up and go separate ways. We can't spend our whole life together. Um, I mean, certainly we will have the, the best relationship until the end because we've just built that throughout the years. But that, that was something that was hard to accept was that one day I'm going to have to, you know, live my own life and I'm going to have to let go. And that was, it was tough to have to, you know, maneuver that because you just don't think about it when you're little. And when you start to get older, I would say like probably college was when I kind of started to accept. And even in later, like to where I am now that it's, things are going to have to change and I'm going to have to push myself to get through that change. Nobody's going to help me with that. I mean, sure you have support, but you're going to have to do the work yourself to get there. Right. So in muting your voice, I know it affects so many areas of our lives, our relationships, maybe our choice of college, what we want to study, our, our sometimes even our finances, these, you know, that, limiting ourselves of who we are or thinking we have to, or just it being ingrained in us, you know, how did that affect like your relationships or maybe your, the, what you studied in college, you know, what you looked forward to your work. Um, you know, even if there was any kind of a spiritual side to your life, what did this muting affect in your life? Yeah, it, I mean, in, you know, cause we did everything together. We, 
decided to go to college together. But when we got there, we, in the beginning, that first year was tough. We were both like attached to the hip and we just didn't want to let go of each other. And then I would say probably sophomore year, we kind of just started breaking out and doing our own things. That was when my sister decided she wanted to join the marching band. And then I started getting involved in dodgeball. And, um, you know, and at the time I was in the art and design school. So I was kind of like making my own friendships. We did have really, really funny situations where um, I remember one time we both took the same gen ed class, but at different times she took it first and she said, hey, this class is super fun and easy. You should take it. So I took this class. And when she took the class, she ended up meeting a friend in there and they became really tight. Well, then I took the class and I also met a friend later found out that this friend and that friend were also friends. I was like, we just can't stop twinning. We just keep doing this. <laughs> oh, but, um, you know, it that was kind of we just tried to do our own things. But then at the end of the day, we would come together. Um, relationships are tough. Um, friendships. Um, we just shared a lot of friends. And recently um, we've kind of just have our own friends now. And that's, that was a pretty hard change to adjust to. And I work with a coach and had to kind of work with her to get through that because it was a struggle. And I hit a point where I was like, you know, I want to be independent. You know, I want to be able to go out and do my own thing, but I also really love my twin sister. Um, and she was kind of helping me through it. And I got to a good point. Well, then I noticed that my twin sister was doing it and I almost got offended. I was like, she's not inviting me out to go and hang out with these friends. What the heck, you know? And um, my coach had to remind me, she's like, well, remember like six months ago, you were saying you wanted to do that too. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it just, it was, it was like a growth spurt for there for a while there of just, um, just working through the changes and trying to go separately and independently. Um, and dating is just always awkward for twins. You know, you have those like stereotypes and I've had people all the time say like, Oh, cause you're twins. Are you going to marry twins? And we're like, Oh, mm -hmm. you know, or you have people that date you and then it didn't work out. So then they go decide to date your sister. And that's just awkward. Um, we've had that happen too. <laughs> And reality is maybe there's a twin out there that, you know, a set of twins that like that, but I would say most twins don't, and they just want to meet their own people. You know, they're, you're twins, but at the end of the day, you're your own people and you want to meet someone special. That's just for you. You don't want it to be like another package deal. And keep in mind, you've shared everything most of your life. So you get to a point where you're like, I don't think I want to share anymore. I just want to have this for me. So, yeah. Yeah, you already talked about some of these aha moments that have started to come. So what were some of those moments? Because, you know, sometimes it's a big jolt. For me, it was a jolt of crashing at 34, my health. But, you know, and then after that, it was like this small awakenings that kept happening. So what were some more of those um, aha moments for you that that really lets you know, oh my gosh, it is time. I have got to unmute my voice. I've got to be me as an individual. Yeah, it's, I think you go through different chapters of your life and every chapter, it was like a new growth spurt, I'll say, <laughs> because you just realize like, okay, I, I like what we were doing before, but I kind of like this new direction I'm going. And it's like, you just kind of kept building on that. 
Um, and truthfully, I will tell you that my biggest aha was in the last year, I got so comfortable with myself and just confident. And I really found myself and I said, you know, I think I really want to go take a trip out of the country by myself. So last month I took a trip first ever solo trip to Ireland, first ever out of the country too. And it was an experience. And, and for me, being by myself on that trip was just the most incredible experience ever because that was one the first time i'd never been away from my sister for my birthday keep in mind we always we shared our birthdays every year and i did that for as a birthday trip so that was the first time that that was really special and i got to just enjoy my birthday by myself um and that trip was it was a learning experience. You know, the first day was kind of bumpy. I almost missed my flight, had to be escorted to the gate and literally watched the gate close as I got on the plane. Um, halfway through the flight, I felt really sick, flagged down the flight attendant, you know, shuffled through the aisle. By the time I got to the aisle, I ended up fainting and I woke up with my feet in the air. <laughs> um, so I, I land in Ireland and I'm like, this trip is doomed. Um, I shouldn't be here, right? I miss my family. I miss my dog. I miss my friends. Um, and it just quickly became this trust, this trust building thing with myself. Um, I met so many wonderful people that just helped me along the way. And the lady that I worked with to plan my trip as a travel coach, she had always said to me that, you know, whenever you go on trips by yourself, you're going to come across people that help you in some way. And she said she always looked at them as her angels. She's like, even if you're just sitting at a bus stop and you just look to them and say, hey, is this headed in this direction? They could say one word and it's like they just help me in the biggest way. And and I just thought, wow, Ireland must be heaven because there were angels everywhere I went. They were just fantastic. And I met so many friends there. And I think the thing that was so incredible is that before that trip, I thought that I had found myself and I found myself so much more just being alone and in that environment and just having to adapt to a foreign country that I'd never been to. Um, it was incredible. It was life-changing. And um, I tell people all the time, I feel like I've been reborn. Um, you come home just with a different perspective. You know, I'm not so closed off. I'm looking around at the world now. And, um, and that trust piece was such a big one because it just, once you start to just make your own decisions by yourself in a place that you've never been, um, you can really make any decision after that because it's just, you're on the fly trying to, you know, make your own choices. Um, and in the past, I'd always kind of made choices with my, with my twin and we kind of leaned on each other. And so it was such a, I mean, it was a, it was a shock to be thrown in an environment like that, but I was ready for it and it helped me grow in the best way. And I'll tell you too, between trips, I rented a car when I was there. And those were those moments where I really got in my own head and started to like reflect a little bit on how the trip was going. And, and there were a lot of emotions and I would cry between places I went and they were tears of joy. They were um, just the most wonderful feelings that I had with myself. And for the first time in my life, I actually felt butterflies for myself. I was feeling butterflies and I realized that that is self-love. That is what self-love truly feels like. So um, it was such a journey, but I'm so grateful for that trip and I will never forget it. And I think that that trip really set me into gear 
for just the future and kind of getting ready for, you know, being my own person and finding myself even more, um, you know, and, and I'm sure my whole life I'll be figuring more out about myself. I mean, there's no, you're not going to find everything about yourself in one place and things aren't going to be perfect forever, but you know, you grow and you evolve and you just figure it out. Um, and every opportunity that comes your way, you're just becoming stronger and stronger and just a different person. And um, it's just at this point, I feel like I'm just, I'm kind of ready for that next step and just taking off, you know, and, and really embracing me and embracing my unique self mm -hmm. too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's when you can peel away those layers, the real you comes out. And um, I always like to say that our mess is our message. So what we've worked through, the mess that we've transformed through, you know, now makes available for us something so different, you know, that it tends to become our message. You know, how we live life more fully, um, sometimes it it's you know affects our work or it maybe completely changes our work, you know, and we go in a different direction. So, how has your mess become your message now? How are you living life now? How are you expressing life? You know, what is that message that you are sharing with the world because of these aha moments, because of these awakenings and this transformation? Well, you know, I think that the trip definitely helped me a lot with that. And there were things that I learned, you know, like, for instance, I'm I'm a planner. Um, anybody that looks at my outlook, it's it's color coded. Um, I don't I mean, I, I won't have a meeting if it's not on my calendar. Um, it's how I get things done. So, of course, when I went on my trip, I was like, all right, let's plan this stuff out. You know, this is what I'm doing on this day and that day. And by the end of that trip, I realized that I was the most relaxed and most happy when I had a day where I was just going off and exploring. So of course, when I came back, it's just, it changed things for me because now I'm like, I don't want to have to feel regimented and have things structured in that way. And sure you have deadlines, but I want to be relaxed and just, and I like that feeling of just taking my time and not having to worry and, and just sticking with a schedule. So that changed me a lot. And I'll say too that since my trip, I'm more open-minded and because of it, it gives off a different energy. Um, and I've noticed like work events and just, you know, through meeting people all over the place, it's like you're more approachable than you ever were, or at least I feel that way. I feel like, you know, people are able to come up to me and talk to me more than before, or maybe I just didn't pay attention to it before, but I feel like there's a different energy that I bring and and it's really special. Um, but, you know, I, as we continue to grow, both of us, and, and go separate ways, um, I think it's going to kind of change for both of us. And and for her, I've tried to convince her to take her own trip, too. And I don't think she, I don't know that she will, but, um, but I think she's on her own path to growth. And we're both doing our own work to kind of get there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, like, the energy is, is different. Um, I just feel like I approach things differently and I look at the world in a different way. Right. Yeah. As you're coming in and, and allowing yourself to be, to, to, to utilize that freedom um, and to let that, let that be your guide, you know, that spontaneity, 
that in, rather than this regimented schedule, you know, at 10 o'clock, at 11 o'clock, at 12, you know, having that regimented schedule, just allowing for inspiration. You know, I can see that, that, you know, allowing for that spontaneity of, oh, that looks interesting. Let's go over there, you know, kind of thing. So I can definitely, yeah. um, definitely see that. Yeah. And especially, I mean, being someone that, you know, studied art, enjoys doing art, artists tend to do better when they're, you know, got a little bit more time to think and be creative. And I found that, you know, those moments where I have that time to kind of, you know, I don't have a hundred things going on or things scheduled. Those are the times where my brain really starts to turn out some really good ideas. So. Mm -hmm. So is that like you're talking about with your art, is that do you feel like that creativity or that that inspiration comes through as you're doing artwork, you know, which then filters into the rest of how you're expressing life? Sometimes and sometimes even just seeing different things, it gives you ideas. But um, I don't know. I'm just one of those people where if I've got like too much intense things happening, my brain just can't flow. I can't think. And it's the worst feeling. And you almost get into like a designer's block because you're like, I don't know how to think of anything at the moment because I've got all these other things I'm thinking about. So those are the moments where I'm the most creative and in general. But um, really, I mean, sometimes I see things, sometimes I'm just coming up with it on the fly. Um, but I do feel like I've definitely grown and become a lot more creative um, just throughout the years, just from kind of evolving. So It's so beautiful. I love that. And um, I so appreciate you coming on, Lindsay, and, and sharing this story because, you know, there so many people will be, you know, reading the book and listening to the podcast and, um, you know, touching into these stories, these individual things, saying, that's my story or that's very similar. I understand that. Because, you know, even as me listening to your story about being a twin and all that you go through and, and for me having identical twin sisters that were older than me and I was just always this little outcast kind of person because you don't break in between twins. And, um, you know, um, it, it was it's just a different life, even when you're a sister of a set of twins. Well, no. and you know, I think about my youngest sister and kind of what her childhood was like. And, and it makes me sad because I mean, and we were all three close, we played together and, you know, we bonded really well, but it's imagine being on the other side of that as hard as it is being a twin. It's like, you know, you could be kind of, you know, the third wheel most of the time. And, and I'm really looking forward to, I mean, we've, you know, me and my twin sister have talked about um, just in the next couple years um, kind of going separate ways. So, um, and she's starting to look into maybe finding her own place to live. And because she's realized she's, she likes the city. I like being out in the country and, and it's part of us growing as we're figuring out, we've learned to compromise with each other and maybe we just want to do our own thing. But I think when we eventually do kind of separate and go, you know, live different lives that way, I think that the relationship with my younger sister will just continue to thrive and grow. And I'm really looking forward to that because I feel like um, sharing, you know, 
that relationship with my twin, it just, it creates just a different dynamic with your other sister. So it'll be really fun to see how that changes throughout the, the years and into the future. Absolutely. Yeah. With having older sisters as twins, you know, I, I you're talking about the third wheel. Oh, absolutely. It affected me a lot, you know, with their heavy teasing and trying to get me to be obedient and mothering me, you know, and um, um, so I, I so, I so yeah. feel your story, um, you know, just trying to, to to be your own person and still feel like you belong because I I was always kind of left out, yeah, um, with what the girls were doing, and um, so I I so feel that, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I know this will touch, you know, a lot of, a lot of hearts. And, um, I just want to let you know, you can find Lindsay on her LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Lindsay Linton. It's on the screen here for you. And, um, I am so thrilled that, that you came to share and, um, you know, you allowed yourself to to tell those vulnerable stories because we don't always want to share that we didn't feel like we fit in. You know, we we want to kind of put a, a a happy face on the on our sticker on our faces and say it's we're all good. We we got this together. When we don't, you know, yeah. when when there are things that are holding us back and making us mute our voices. So I am so thankful that you were able to do this and share your story about Ireland and, and how that's bringing forward your, your transformation into unmuting and you becoming who you are and expressing yeah. life in that way. So um, is there anything else you would like to share with us before we close today? Um, I would say that, you know, another thing that I learned throughout the process is just support and how important it is. And also that support isn't right in your face. Sometimes, um, you know, even when I went on my trip, you just assume, oh, family, friends, that's your support. Sometimes um, you find support along the way and you meet different people and you get exposed to just different environments and and you just never know you there's a world out there that mm -hmm. i think we just don't realize i'm sure there's twin support groups that i don't know about either um and even for my trip i ended up um you know a few years back my all three of us the, our sister our sister um went on a sister's trip um and we went to new york we ended up meeting a solo traveler who was from australia who i'm still friends on facebook with to this day and the whole time she was messaging me, making sure things were okay. But afterwards, she had asked me, you know, sent me a link to join this um, female solo group, travelers group on Facebook. And I was like, wow, I wish I would have known about this sooner because, you know, it just was neat to see all the different stories, some of the challenges that people had. Um, so support has been like just the ultimate theme of my life. And, and I think, you know, you can't, you can't go through these things by yourself. I think you have to have somebody to talk to. And I will say that coaching, I couldn't live without it. Coaching has been the most helpful thing for me. Um, you know, so I would say like support's a big thing and, um, and, and just learning to trust yourself too. You have to just trust that you're the best version of yourself and 
just uh, just love yourself, truly love yourself and embrace it. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, and I know if you've watched my show very often or listened to the podcast, you know, I am a huge proponent of coaching. And so um, Lindsay's coach is Lori Raggio, who also has been on the show multiple times. And, um, and she is also has a chapter in the book that's upcoming. And this is going to, of course, all of the podcasts is going to culminate into a book anthology, a collective um, stories book. Um, so each of these podcasts, the, the authors will have um, chapters in this book. So you'll get to have all of these stories in one place and read their inspiration. Um, and I'm so excited to have this coming out in January of 2023. And um, you can find all of that on the wearejoybooks.com um, as it's coming out soon. And um, it will be it will be in the We Are Joy book series. So I'm so looking forward to that. And um, um, is there anything else you want to say before we end here? I don't think so. It's been a pleasure being part of this journey and, um, and I'm proud to be part of all the women that are in this, in this book and in this podcast series. It's mm -hmm. truly wonderful. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. I love you all. Thank you so much for joining us. And, um, I greatly appreciate you and remember you are joy looking for a way to express. <laughs>